So welcome guys to Airholics Anonymous. Today we have a very special guest. She goes by two names, just like I do. So I guess we're both very special except for Andrew, because he only has one name and then a, a letter for his middle name. <laughs> but uh, today we're going to have a very special guest. She's um, from Virginia Tech. She is also a fellow aerospace engineer. She is from Hungary. And her name is... Esti Esther Varga. Welcome, welcome, Esti. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. I mean, exhausted, but great. Um, Is, aren't we all? Isn't that, is that not the, the mantra of every aerospace engineering student? Yeah, that's exhausted. what I was going to say. I was like, you know, it's a Friday, but you know what I was doing two minutes ago? Fluids homework. Ah. Uh, oh, that sounds not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I got past that, but you know, apparently. my help to understand the world. Like, see, I know English, right? Like, I learned it well enough, but I never like went to school studying in English. So I literally right. said my fluids class with them, and they first started talking about different types of flows. I was looking at those words like, and the what now? Yeah, I mean, what do you oh. mean? Like, I can say it, I can imitate it once the professor has said it. But I literally sit like in class, Google Translate open, being like, what does that even mean? Yeah, sounds oh. about sounds about like me too. And English was basically my first language as well. So it's not just US. And Andrew, I mean, that's you as well, right? Like, what the frick is Rayleigh flow? Yeah, well, yeah, but I think that Esty is saying that she has a, a different experience, which is something oh, yeah. I really never, I definitely never thought about um, because I guess I just take it for granted that you know we, you know, whatever it is. But that's crazy. That's that's really something to consider when you're, you know, in your classes, but yeah, how is your better now freshman year set in my first like Cal class. And I said, there literally just this whole shock of, I don't speak math since when is this a thing? Like, I'm sorry, but I would, I love that. I know that's like not a popular opinion. I know I should be ashamed of myself for saying this, but I genuinely enjoy doing math, which I know. This well, well, you're in, you're in the correct community to say that you enjoy math because well, I think still, we both. You know, like when it comes to like higher level mathematics, I did my own research over differential equations, like for the fun of it. I think oh, that, no. uh, yeah. Huh. See, <laughs> yeah, no. that's the whole. Oh. You know, maybe you shouldn't say that. Like, try not talk about it too much. Not a popular opinion, but other than that, see, I said in my freshman year, like my calculus class, and I was like. I can do the met, but what is the problem saying? Like, um, I'm sorry, but what does that mean? It's much better now for sure. But right, now right. I just say that I don't speak any languages. Cause see, I grew up speaking Hungarian. So like my mother tongue is Hungarian. Talk to my family in Hungarian. I terrify people on campus by speaking Hungarian on the phone. Mm. But you know, it's it's what I do <laughs> in life. And if that makes any sense. And then I came to college. So now all of my technical knowledge is in English. And I literally cannot talk in Hungarian about anything that's like higher level, you know, for like engineering or any of that, which, yeah, I've just given up, you know, <laughs> I get into a situation like that. I'm like, I don't speak Hungarian. I don't speak English. I can uh, smile and nod, but yeah, that's, that's basically it. Yep. Just no math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely math. I, I used to thought I, I or I used to think I used to English thought. is hard. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Clearly. Uh, I used to think that I liked math, and then we started really dealing with it, like hard math, and I was like, yeah, no, nah, it's not my thing. I like calculus, that was it, but it is what it is. We we get by, I guess. Yeah, we all have our flaws, you know? It's funny. Yeah. So, I mean, the struggle is absolutely real, and I don't think it helps that your first language was not English, right? I don't think it helps that you're not necessarily in the country you grew up in. So I think this would be a really good segue to go into the, the series of questions that we're going to be asking you. We're going to badger you and negotiate you with all these questions, but it's because, wait, what? I was going to say, wait, before we do that, I, I mean, I, I think it is a good segue, How but I think, you? no, go on. No, I'm awful. I was going to say, I think it might be, you know, good for, to let Esty introduce herself a little bit more than she did and kind of maybe, you know, tell us, tell everybody where she came from and then we could get right into it. Okay. So if you want to give us your, your, my your little milk spiel. cart spiel. Yeah. My life story. Yeah, sure. So my name is Esty. That's, we've, we've been over that a few times. Um, if anybody has any issues with that. You know, at this point in my life, I've learned that if you can't spell my name in an email, I'm just going to tell you to call me Miss Varga, which I have done on several occasions. It's a boss move. <laughs> um, I mean, you have to do something. It's not hard to use copy paste, people. Please respect other people's names. That's an important thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm a junior in aerospace engineering at Virginia Tech. Um, I also do way too many things. Uh, I think I should probably say that before I start listing all the acronyms and everything else that I do. Um, the basis of the whole story is, yes, I am Hungarian. I'm the only Hungarian female engineering student at Virginia Tech, um, which is a little terrifying. Um, even the word aerospace engineering has no translation in my mother tongue if we're talking about languages. So for me to explain to people what I do back home, it's a little funny. Um, it's not a thing back home. You know, Hungary doesn't have a space agency. We don't have anything like that. Aerospace engineering is not something you can study. So... I have had some amazing explanations, especially by my grandmother, as to what I do. Um, you know, I can I can tell you some great things of what I do that I never knew I did, but apparently I do. A lot <laughs> involving blowing things up, which for the record, I do not. <laughs> but, you know, they, they just decided that that's a great explanation of what I do. Um, so uh, up until I was about 15, I actually hated STEM. I was one of those kids that started high school being like, you know, I'm going to be a writer, which, spoiler alert, good thing I didn't end up as a writer. Like, nah, see, I can state it about myself. I was an awful writer. Thing is, I had very supportive parents, which when you're 14, 15, deciding that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, might not be the best, might not be the best. You know, they were like, yeah, sure, we'll just uh, keep you alive for the rest of your life, probably. <laughs> but they, you know, they let me do whatever I wanted, which I'm going to be forever grateful for. So I wanted to do that, and I absolutely hated physics class. I was like, no, Matt, Matt, I was fine with, but I wasn't excited about that class. I was like, you know what? We need literature. I was reading, like, Shakespeare 24-7. I had my issues, to say the least. You're all over the place. First it was math, now Shakespeare, man. Right? I mean, <laughs> you never know. So I went to five years of high school, um, which is a thing back home. You pretty much study languages in your first year. I oh, did it with English, was quite a bit bored, you can probably tell. I knew most of this at that point, so I was quite a bit bored. Dang. My mom was bored of me, so she found this nonprofit organization that was teaching girls how to code. And, you know, my idea wasn't that, like, oh, I'm going to go and love it. I was like, you know what? At least she'll leave me alone with this. 
you already have two engineers in the family, my brother and my dad, you know what, let's, I can just say that I hate it and then we'll be over with this conversation. Well, <laughs> I usually like to say that, um, you know, not that only, not only did everything change, but everything started going downhill in my life at that point. I was 15 years old, went to a coding class on Tuesday, finished my first game by Thursday, which was the first wall pong you've ever seen, but I still keep it on my computer. You know, I'm very proud of it. It has some uh, great, um, absolutely copyrighted Blues Brothers music in the background, but, um, (laughs) you know, it makes me happy. So (laughs) I still have that. Um, And yeah, after that, everything really changed to say the least. from going to like not only not liking science i was like you know what i'm gonna do this this is really fun and i fell in love with the whole thing and then arrow came in a funnier way with the fact that i didn't know it existed so hungary has the lowest amount of females in engineering in the entirety of europe not only is it not a popular decision to be an engineer as i said we don't even have anything like this so the idea came when i was already applying to college and i was looking on i think virginia tech's website and i saw that the first major obviously alphabetical order aerospace engineering i went and gone good old google and i was like why this exists i want to cool. till i die yeah, you just put arrow in space and you're like oh shoot yeah. that's i cool literally thing. was like what planes rock what you can do this this is not like uh movie thing like you don't just you know end up rocket scientist if you're a genius which i am absolutely anything but um but um so that's how the whole aerospace thing came and um yeah um i'm a member at the new york academy of sciences which is pretty insane i'm you know 21 and member of a scientific academy that's pretty cool i also mentor there I'm that's the awesome. president wow. of the Society of Women in Aviation and Space Exploration, the vice president of our section of SGT, which is Sigma Gamma Tau. Um, I partake in our SADS leadership. Uh, I'm part of Go our DDF team on manufacturing. I work Go at a off. lab, which is not really a lab. It's more of a workshop. So I build and laser cut a lot of things. And most of the time, you will not find me not smelling like dust like wood dust which is a little funny um but you know, i like it so <laughs> there's that um i also partake in a lot of um social media stuff which is i write my own blog and i talk about my glorious journey of how we ended up here including a lot of my failures and how i barely ended up here um i don't know what yeah, else. actually before you should plug that because it was your or blog is really fascinating and that's i ended up on it somehow through LinkedIn, I think you posted through it. And I read your story and I was like, oh, we, we, I need to talk to her. That's that her story is awesome. So yeah, do you, you want to share it with them? Yeah, sure. It's just SD.com. Cause you know, it's just me and very fascinating. I know. Very apt. That's very, that's very well titled. I, I like it. You know, it just gets to the point. It no really no extra words. You know, that's good. Just SD.com guys. You guys got that? Yeah, and it's a dot com actually. That's yeah. pretty established. Power move. As I said, you know, I, I like to handle my things. But yeah, I, I do a lot. Um I don't sleep much, but I do wow. a lot. Um yeah, we could probably go on for like two hours of other positions and everything I do, but I mean it's a lot yeah. of acronyms and it's kind and- of boring information. I'm not here to read my resume. <laughs> Hey, you can, we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> let you, but you also, and like, we'll, we could get into this a little bit more, but I think you interned at GE. I entered at GE Guest Power. That, uh, that, 
that is really a cool internship i feel like would be really unique i've never heard of anybody interning at ge because where we go to school all the interns go to like the big three the big three or jpl or something like that but i've never heard of anybody going to ge so that's pretty cool that must have been really exciting yeah, uh, it's also a little bit funny. So if you're international in Aero, spoiler, you cannot work for any of the big companies. Not only will they not let you work there, the recruiters will not talk to you. You go up oh, wow. and they will tell you that they are not hiring you ever in your life, um, which is fine. I'm not saying that. I mean, obviously, it's not, you know, we don't go as international students, especially in Aero. You don't really end up at the carrier fairs because what are you? I mean, other than for the free stuff, you don't. <laughs> what am That's i gonna I mean. do there, there um yeah we have like one of the biggest ones in the country i think ours is like the second biggest engineering career fair and it's next week and once you set like my settings of that i have a student visa and you know i'm a junior in arrow and you know everything else is great qualifications it tells me that i can go and talk to gopa and be a software is <laughs> software engineering is I mean, actually no, it's great i'm not saying it's not great but when right. you specifically say that you're an error that's all um you know it goes a little to your heart oh, okay wrong times um yeah no uh, i cannot work for lockheed spacex um Northrop grumman boeing nasa you know i mean they're missing out clearly but yes that's their problem. many yes i think many people are missing like they miss out on that opportunity. So I, I entirely agree with you. Um, I can't actually work for G in the U.S. That's another thing. They're not hiring internationals either, but we have G back home. So that's another oh. funny story of the whole language thing of how I ended up doing um, an internship back home for G. Oh, very cool. cool. I didn't know it was there. That's very interesting. Which was fun, but there were a lot of language issues, which you wouldn't expect in your mother tongue. Because see, I know words like yield. I had no idea what that was in Hungarian. Try to explain that to someone. Well, you know, where you're trying to rip material and... That's true. That's a little yeah. Also, when you say interesting experience, though, when I mentioned that there are no female engineers, I mean that I worked with hundreds of men. And by that, I am not, you know, making it sound like it was, you know, a bit, it, it quite literally was hundreds of men and me. I was the only female engineer in the entire plant. So I spent all of my days working with men, which was fine. Some interesting experiences of, um, you know, um, first two weeks spent with, um, there is a female restroom. They just didn't know that I was coming, at least not everyone. So every time I walked to the loo, I opened the door and someone was in there getting hell embarrassed, right? Because they were like, oh, uh, we didn't have soap. Uh, uh, we didn't have toilet paper. Like, I, I had to come here. And yeah, that was that was a little uh. funny. Like, you definitely you uh, threw everyone a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was honestly hilarious. But yeah, there were a lot of instances like that. Um, but it, it was an amazing experience. I actually learned a lot. And I, it's not a, the common path, as you mentioned. So I did a manufacturing engineering internship, which, sure, if we're being honest, we learn a lot of the things that, you know, mechanical engineers do. That's not really a questionable thing. But I mean... See, I have, you know, had that one introductory engineering class my freshman year, but I made one, like, you know, technical drawing for, like, something to be manufactured. Sure, it was maybe, like, a cube. And then they sat me down, told me what my project was, which I'm going to have to be wearing right now. But I had a project, which was a problem. I had to come up with a solution, and then I had to model it. And then they were like, 
yeah, um, this is going to be manufactured based off of your drawings. <laughs> I'm not like, mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of experience with that. Um, <laughs> what do the different lines even mean? So, yeah, but I figured out. I'm actually very proud of myself for that whole thing because I spent like three months there and, you know, I learned a lot. So that was pretty cool. Also, I just really enjoyed it. Like, I can't talk much about it, quite obviously. Um, but GE Gas Power does really, really huge gas turbines. And let me tell you, it's pretty fascinating. Just like standing next to that thing and being like, yeah, I have something to do with that. It's, it's actually really, really cool. And as I said, I do work at a workshop because I really love like, you know, quote unquote, getting my hands dirty and doing all of that. So getting a manufacturing internship was pretty amazing for that because I literally got to walk around looking quite literally like an idiot, not gonna lie. I mean... When I say no females, I mean no, um, you know, uh, equipment for my size. I am a tiny human being. I am 5'3". I have hands that are literally like, you know, the, the child <laughs> um size gloves that were needed, which had to be ordered in because they never had it, nor did they have my shoe size. So I was looking like lunatic most of the days because it obviously you work at a metal factory, even if it's the middle of the summer, it's, you know, work pants um gloves boots you know right the whole package. It's all safety equipment right yeah um never looked so great in my life <laughs> um you know uh that was a great moment uh when people were like yeah pictures i'm like <laughs> not sure you want to see that you know it was the middle of summer we all sweat we all look right. this in that outfit so no but um i really love the whole deal to be honest so I feel like this could be a movie. Like you're, you're gonna, they're gonna make a movie about this. How you came in and turned that that place upside down. How they had to order new gloves and get new shoes and all kinds of stuff. They weren't expecting it at all. Right. I mean, it's honestly, crazy. they were the best. Like, sure, they're at first it was weird. Like, you know, see, they're very like used team. Like they, they were like, you know, they worked together for years now, and you know, like a female shows up, and obviously I was the youngest. Um, even the next, like, even the other two interns, one of them was 26, the other one was 25. I was there barely 21, you know, just being like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> sure, you know, and then imposter syndrome kicks in, and then you're like, oh, yeah. I don't even know what any of this means. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, it was definitely an experience, but they were the loveliest. They were so nice with me. I mean, most of the people there were some fun instances of, um, Again, I comfort come to where it's not usual for females to choose this path. Right. Some interesting yeah. happenings, but you know, mostly the team was amazing, and I had the best time. It's that's it's perfect. Like basically, that was our first question. Like Johnny, going back to what Johnny was saying, this is a perfect segue in. We literally were going to ask, you know, how is STEM in in Hungary, and because it, here it's you know predominantly men but from what you just said it's all men in hungary but you know now out here we're starting to see a lot more women in stem which is really cool and, and really mm -hmm. awesome so um but i i guess you mentioned how you got into aerospace from just you know googling it and seeing it what about aerospace like really attracted you was it more of the space side the air side or did you just want to do something really hard or what was that there's only one right answer i just want to tell you that right now <laughs> My we answer both have is gonna be, I'm pretty sure one you guys have never heard in your life. Um, I was into like the whole 
aerospace like package before even realizing it existed in engineering because I watched a documentary about the Higgs boson. Oh, okay. And in that, they mentioned the multiverse theory, which I grew up watching Star Trek, reading comic books, watching Marvel. When someone told me that is a that you know is a possible reality that we have multiple universes, I was hooked. I am deeply fascinated by like you know high level physical theories, which is again I know not popular sentences, but I was in love. I you know spent all of my nights reading about it. I was fascinated by the whole like how the values of you know the space time continuum and the shape of it and all of that could determine to be. For this to be true and i could go on about this for hours and i know it's very boring for most people but i love it i think that's just amazing so just staying with the geeky side of it that made me like obsessed with the whole thing of oh you mean that space can be this much fun and obviously i've always loved airplanes and all of that i mean i don't think people often have to explain why our major is cool have you have you heard of these people called astronauts <laughs> Have you seen point. fighter jets? I oh, don't know jets. when people are like, yeah, but why? I'm like, excuse me, have you seen anything that's cooler than this? Um, we just had an NC-130 fly and do like a test fly about Blacksburg today. You could tell all the arrow kids just running out from the sound, you know, making making that one. So, I mean, I have yet to see a launch, but... You know, again, I don't think we really have to explain why that's just the best. And no one can tell me otherwise because they're wrong. So <laughs> that's what made me really get into aerospace. And then the moment I knew that this was really meant for me, because obviously, how did I choose a college? Um, Google Maps, Google <laughs> ratings, which, see, when it comes to college, it's hard to just go off of ratings because every college has thousands of people, first of all were all different and you spend your entire life there and your life is not just oh on i don't know vicky how or something they said that you should go off of this rating and you know obviously it's also about food and religion and politics because you spend your entire life here um so for me i didn't get to tour any of this i went on google and i spent hours being hmm, that's a logo that's a three oh look at that um which obviously and you know then you end up on reddit asking questions and reading what other people reddit you're like i'm sure i want to do this because obviously people love to complain and i've never heard of any place or any school especially that's perfect you know it's all made up of humans so you will have a lot of issues because you know First of all, education is not one size fits all. So it's not going to be like everybody enjoys the same type of professor or teaching or any of those shenanigans. So that's how I chose um, this whole thing, um, which was a little funny. But that's that's Wait. the whole story of aerospace. And then when I, I first went into Arvintanol, I almost started crying because I was like, wait, I get to do this? Which, see, but that's when people tell me that, like, they're really, sure, our classes are hella hard. Like, we started this conversation pretty much complaining about our classes because, sure, it's really hard. Like, I always will tell people that I'm in no way, shape, or form a genius. Like, as someone who was into literature and all of that stuff, if I could make this happen, you do not need to be any you know, sort of genius. But at the end of the day, it is rocket science. So it's <laughs> not going to be like you sit there and, you know, let me just, you know, do this and then we're good. 
it's complicated it's hard and and even though you can have amazing professors it's hard to just literally make your mind comprehend what they're talking about and remember it and do it so yeah yeah that's a little terrifying but we're still here and i love it more than anything so hanging on wait so i gotta circle back you're you said you're a junior so does virginia tech have an emphasis and if so have you chosen yet or are you not sure basically so cal poly i don't know how you guys do it at cal poly pomona we could choose to emphasize in either air or space and i chose the better half of aerospace which is space and johnny is a loser i'm just kidding that's oh my gosh let me punch you through the screen right now andrew (laughs) so so do you guys have that same experience at virginia tech and have you decided yet or not yet so we have tracks, we call them tracks. Um, we have like seven different ones because, you know, I guess, spoiler alert to everyone, anyone who's not actually in aerospace, it's not as narrow as you think. It's it's a very, very, very wild field. You know, it's it yes. matters whether you're working with ships, airplanes, drones, or rockets. Like those things, sure. Like, I don't know, structurally or, or some of the obviously like fluid dynamics, you know, they have commonalities but it's not it, it matters you know it's it's not like you're gonna put a, a you know propulsion system on a commercial plane and that it will be fine don't really want to do that so you need to teach people otherwise i guess um i have not yet chosen my track which uh, i am struggling right now because see i love both sides which i know i'm not trying to make both of you happy at all don't worry i'm not <laughs> trying to be kind with this um i just genuinely don't know uh the main two ones for me are space track um and then the other one is maybe aircraft design which again very cool so boring yeah they boring no, i know right have you heard of the boeing dreamliner where they literally yeah have yeah the shades change color yeah. Oh, yeah. I am obsessed with that plane. Okay. I have traveled on five of them at this point. And anytime I know wow. that I'm getting on a Dreamliner, I'm like, yes, yes. I just want to, I, I literally, no matter what age group I'm sitting next to, I have to be like, you know why this is amazing. Poor people. It's like six hour flights. And I'm just like, no, 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 this, you do not understand. This plane is fascinating. Yeah. I, you know what's so funny is I'm, well, the plane is fascinating. I haven't been on one, but I've been in one at a museum. But I saw the shades turning like tint, basically change color. And I'm such like, I guess it's because I have like an old, quote unquote, old engineering mentality where I was like, that's useless. Like, that's so dumb. (laughs) I know so many people are like, that's the coolest thing in the world. So I'm sorry. um, No, you go on Dreamliners because it's a big aircraft. So you usually do long flights on them. Um, when you're usually on a long flight, you can't have your shades open. So you're literally flying over half of the world and missing all of it. The first time I flew with a Dreamliner, I flew over Iceland and I got to see that because the shades can, you know, still let you see through. No, yeah. Excuse me, that's an experience I wouldn't give up for anything. No, I definitely agree. There's also like, if even that, like, there's reasons for it, right? For anybody that doesn't doesn't know out there too, like human factors plays a huge role in engineering and you really have to have windows in a plane or else like People psychologically. Like, yeah, yeah just <laughs> throw a riot in the plane and the plane crashes <laughs> on the ground and you're like, oh shoot. Yeah, so there's a lot of benefits for it. It's just me being, you know, a pessimist, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. 
but old no, engineer yeah, yeah. at like 20 or 25 26 yeah. Like, yeah. 25 <laughs> no that's that's really cool but i i think i mean johnny will say air is better i'll say space is better but you know at the end of the day it's just whatever you want to do it makes you happy it's they're both really cool i i i give johnny a hard time about air but i know i would go into air like if i had a cool project i would i got i think supersonics are fascinating so if somebody was like hey you want to come work supersonics i would be like yep let's do it i'll be there tomorrow also yeah, um, just test flight engineering one of the coolest jobs you can probably um, get your hands on um, that's well, so donnie does it's yeah flight test is a cool one man absolutely you get to see planes take off all the time also i'll go to an airport for that what else do people want than fly planes i got to fly a cessna over the summer which i know i get judged for cessnas are not great but i deeply hey, i flew one too so we're in the same boat here they're great that was my lifelong dream and i i i i was just upset. I, uh, andrew tell uh you know like you can come over next time you fly on a rocket yeah i saw I'll just fly James my Webb. aircraft i saw james Webb. <laughs> It's a one-up competition right now. Yeah, whatever. It's cool. I, <laughs> you guys can have the show. I'm gone. I'm retiring. Uh, I see you, man. <laughs> I see, All right, I see. I see uh, you know, you gave a lot into your, you know, your introduction of how you came to the states, and then also in terms of, I guess, uh, you know, being an intern in Hungary. I didn't know that you were an intern in Hungary, so that's you know, it's pretty fascinating too. But it sounds like there was a lot of challenges that go on with not just the fact that you were an international student, right? But also the fact that you were a female in the STEM field. And so I guess I didn't know that you had the experience necessarily of being in a more professional realm in Hungary, right? But I wanted to ask you what the challenges were, not only, you know, the there, there are the more obvious things like the language barrier, right? There are things that you may not be able to understand right away because maybe that translation doesn't really exist. I'm Korean. Sometimes I have to explain things to my parents and they're like, I'm like, I don't think there's a word for that in, in, in Korean. Right. So I understand that aspect, but what are some challenges that um, maybe for people like Andrew and I, or other people that are listening uh, would not really be able to notice because we're, we're not, I guess we're in a more privileged state than you are. Right. That's so cool. I was wondering if you can, you know, point out some of the things that, you notice were some blocks or obstacles while you were in your internship at school, even before school, maybe? Yeah. So the one I usually start off with to just even explain what my country can be like is that I was, see, I told you that I got really into coding, right? So the, the obviously the first like natural decision was that, um, you know, I decided that's, I just love that. Like let, let's code till I die. Um, and I, I, I was in my math class, you know, high school math class, nothing crazy. I, I, I've always been fine in that, you know, I wasn't like worried. And, and I finished this test and my teacher came up to me and he asked me, um, you know, like, like how come I was done so early? And, you know, we were just getting into conversation. And I told him that I think I know what I want to do. And I'm like, I love coding and it's so great. And he started laughing and he told the entire class that, oh, yeah, she just wants to marry well. Hmm. Yeah, love that. Um, guess what? I'm not married yet, so I guess that wouldn't work out. Damn yeah. It. Um, don't know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to in the corner. My, my evil plan that I formulated um, when I was 15, 16, you know, just didn't happen, sadly. Um, 
you know, don't know what I'm going to do now. But yeah, that's, that's the first story I usually tell people, which I think says a lot. It's, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, the, the way I usually tell these stories is try and put like, you know, kind of like a nicer tone on it because I don't want to, the, the only thing I never want to do is discourage other girls from doing it because they hear stories like that. Because yes, let me tell you, when girls get together in engineering, it's not always just, you know, hanging out, having fun. It's a lot of, you know what happened and, you know, it's it's not great. It's not a nice happening um it's obviously it's not like perfect in the u.s either we all have we all know the zoom phenomenon of if you try and talk you get caught up about 20 times which i can also tell you about because um at our school i'm the only like organization leader that's a female with an aoe pretty much and so we've had meetings with our department head where it was you know especially last year i was already our president of swace and i was a sophomore they were senior and master student guys they were not about to let me talk, you know, they they were not out there trying to let me say what I wanted. So obviously none of those are easy. Um, you know, I'm never going to sit around and like tell people that any of what I did was easy. It come it came with a lot of sacrifices. Um, you know, it, it's a different education system. Um, we have graduation tests. None of those mattered in the U.S. So I had to like go out of my way you know, study for the SAT, do it, learn the whole system. Like no one, no one, it's not a common thing from back home to come to the U.S. I think by me saying that like there's maybe at this point four or five of us that are Hungarian at tech and like all the rest of them other than me are athletes. You know, I, I think that says wow. a lot of like, it's not, a, it's because there are obviously a lot of other international countries um, that, you know, it's, it's common for students to come and study in the U.S. So, you know, in high school, you have the resources, people know what the application is like back home you have google and that's it which which can be a little terrifying right like if you think about the whole application process if you know nothing about it if you because you know when you when you grow up in that country you always talk about that process like i know the hungarian process of like getting into university by heart because when you go to high school you're in into school what do they always threaten you by it's like oh that thing you know when you're trying to get into college is you know gonna go like this and this and this and so it wasn't like built into my everyday life. So I like had that added onto my everyday life as like, it's an extra thing I'm doing every day. Also, you know, just the whole thing of volunteering, doing all those things that are just not common in my country to get into the US. So yeah, I started working when I was 17. I was teaching kids how to code and like doing, you know, everything I possibly could, which again, you know, we always have, that's another thing of like having the assumption that every international student's family is rich and you know you just you just find money but sure there are people like that i'm not gonna also sit here and not say that i'm I'm not privileged i am privileged i have a lot of privilege in my life um you know just coming from like ethnicity or any of that but also from the fact that you know a girl from afghanistan is never gonna have the chances of getting to study what i do you know or any of that so i'm not gonna say i'm not privileged but obviously it hasn't always been like the easiest um, and that can be a little terrifying because when you study in the U.S., it's not like you just have the money to do it. I can't take out a loan in the U.S. to study here because I'm not American. They can't take out a loan back home because I'm not studying back home. And so they won't give me money for studying in another country because they obviously are not trying to, you know, help you with that. They want you to stay back home and, and do everything there. Um, but, you know, it's it's always that. It's it's the, the fact that I had three jobs last semester, you know, yeah. to to at least make some money. Is the fact that if you're international, sometimes you'll work maybe 10 hours. But if you're not getting paid that much, I don't just pay taxes 
um, based off a of percentage, there's already a given amount. So I have a lot of zero paychecks, at least, especially last year because of COVID, we had limited hours. So I would work constantly at the lab. And it's even worse because when you get paid, obviously, they just send it to my bank account. If I get a zero paycheck, they send me a little piece of paper that just said that I made zero money, which also it doesn't. It tells me how much I made. And then it tells me that post deductions, it's a zero. Ah, that's brutal. Which, you know, it's like it's like an extra punch of like, here you can keep this. Like there is this little form of There's a piece of paper that's not cash. Nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's the it's the when we almost got deported, um, you know, a while ago. It's been a year now. You know, you don't wake up every Monday in your summer, you know, doing whatever you're doing, being like, Oh, they might just send me home. Cool. Love that. Um, it's not like you just gave up everything for all of this, you know, which is what, what I was starting to mention like a few minutes ago is that I look at college very differently than a lot of my classmates because I did a lot to get here. I still do a lot to stay here. Like apart from just, you know, understanding everything, I, you know, I work 10 times as hard as everybody else because in a lot of cases I have to or else I, you know, obviously won't make it, um, which is hard. I'm not saying it's not. I'm also not saying that like, oh, what a hero I am. I also don't want to do that. But, you know, you you have different challenges. I think everybody has different challenges. So it's it's no, that's, interesting. That's really good to hear. Like, I, I think that, you know, me and Johnny could definitely say that we have, you know, all the privileges and, you know, we, we are afforded, basically, we could go take out a loan and, and basically blow it on whatever we want, just about. And, you know, for you to say that you have to come here and, and, you know, work three jobs. And even then, you know, you're not getting any real income. That's, that's insane. That's crazy. So, you know, it just really just goes to show that you're, you're, you must have really strong character to, and you really want this. Cause I don't know if I could do arrow and three jobs. Like, I don't, do I want it that bad, Johnny? I don't know. You know me pretty and, well. <laughs> Andrew's really driven, but I, I mean, and this is, this is no knock against Andrew, but for him, it was a struggle to commute. And oh, for yeah. me, I can't add in a commute. <laughs> so I'm at the bottom of the list in terms of character and drive. And then it's Andrew. And then it's SC somewhere far beyond, yeah. you know, we'll it's say, safe. you know, at the edge of the universe. Right. Yeah. Um, at the black but, hole. Yeah, sure. <laughs> next to it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's just it's, it's really good that, you know, not not only are you out here right now talking with us and we really appreciate you making that kind of time because that that. It serves two purposes in that one, it's showing us the blind spots that we have as well, because we have international students around us as well. And we don't, um, you know, we, we, we don't see that kind of struggle, but it, it shows a different scope and a different perspective that we need to be understanding of and to possibly show grace or, you know, try to help those people out as well. Right. And then also, it you know, it, it tells other people as well, as you share this kind of story, it shows other people. Um, both international, non-international, both, you know, like, you know, female and not female, right? It, it shows them that there's there's a way, right? And so, it, it, you know, you were sharing all these stories about how you went to GE in hung Hungary and there they had to order you new gloves, like a, a different set of gloves, you know, all of this equipment. And it just, for me, the word that kept on coming into my head was like trailblazer, right? Like you're, sure. you're making your own story. And there was a movie that Andrew recommended um, it was about the computers for NASA. Is it NASA Hidden Marshall? Figures. Hidden figures. Hidden figures, yeah. right? We love Yeah, that's like, and as Andrew was saying, like, oh, you know, this is reminding me of a movie. It's like, 
that's kind of what it is for you, right? Like, like instead of in hidden figures, someone, you know, knocking the, what is it? The male sign for the bathroom off, right? That was the scene in the movie, but instead it's like ordering you like your own equipment because you know, you're the first person, right? So it's just, it's, it comes to show that you've, I mean, you've come a long way and you've blazed a pretty darn, you know, nice path for other people to be encouraged to, you know, take that same step. So I just want to say thank you because I've taught coding as well on my end. And I've seen so many little girls. They're so bright. But, you know, a couple of years later, I see them and they're like, yeah, I'm not doing coding anymore. I'm like, wait, wait, like, why? You were like, you're the top of my class. What happened? And they're like, yeah, it's just not my thing. I'm like, and it just breaks my heart. So to have someone like you, right, that's like really encouraging, not just for me, but hopefully for a lot of people out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I do a lot of work related to that. When I when I say that that's like really important to me, I mean that I started giving interviews on like TV when I was, I was probably 16, like not even a year after starting to do all of this because, you know, I, I will probably die having to say that I'll never find anyone that I get to be like, you know, I, I can genuinely say that I'm just, you know, following in their footsteps, which is not me trying to say that I'm, you know, changing the world or anything. But but the simple fact is that it is a fact, which, by the way, is a lot of pressure, because when I first like came to tech, obviously, I knew about it. You know, it's like in the back of your mind. But as I mentioned, that whole wind tunnel thing, that was a moment I stood there and I realized that there was literally no one else doing this. And, you know, that does add a lot of added pressure to like, I'm not just trying to pass classes. I'm trying to show a lot of other, you know, young girls that they can do this too, which is terrifying, by the way. I, in no shape or form, look at myself as a role model because, you know, as a person who knows themselves, I know all of my flaws and I'm like, mm, don't know, no, but, but it's also obviously, um, I admit to these things, which is, which is why I wanted to start the blog too, because, you know, that moment when I like still do a lot of work with the um, Association of Hungarian Women in Science back home. And, you know, obviously because of COVID, actually, that was a pretty good thing because I got to like talk to a lot of these girls and participate in a lot of these events. And when this young girl who was like 12 with a bright eye just looks at me and she's like, oh, yeah, ever since we heard about you, like, I want to do that. Like, that sounds so cool. Like, nice. I, I even learned how to say it in English, like, like what that is. And I was just sitting there like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, you know, just literally trying to keep it together. Because I mean, what what else would, would I do any of this for, honestly, because right. at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm not one of those people that are out here, I don't know, you know, trying to just get into Euro for all the money, because there's a lot of money in Euro, sure. But you know, it's, I, I, I just want to make sure that I'm doing something that I can be proud of in that sense that I am, you know, because I never had anyone like that. I before even after getting into college like the month before moving out here i like spent every night literally like shame crying myself to sleep just being like i'm just gonna come here not gonna be able to do it like i see all these people doing it and you know i'm just not i'm not that smart i sure i know english but like i didn't even know what a right angle like you know meant i was like what what do you mean right like your arm like more you know, it, it was all of these things and I, I was genuinely terrified. And I can't say, you know, that I grew out of any of that in like every particular sense. Because, you know, you, you hang out with friends and then I sometimes have to be literally just being like, can like someone explain what that word even means? Because I have no idea what, you know, what, what this means. Mm-hmm. 
But you know, when, when it's your mother tongue, there's still like an instinct in you. And when you don't understand a word of just being like, oh yeah, this probably means that. But I, I don't have that with a lot of those words. You know, I, I still mess up some of my writings or any of that. Like the whole then, then thing of like the E and the uh, A. I, I don't know The times I check <laughs> that is ridiculous. Like it's just something for some reason I cannot remember. Like anytime I like translate it like every week twice for the past three years at this point. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm writing. Yeah. What am I writing yes. to this professor? I, you know, it's. It's all of those things. It's, it's you know, at first I was like so leaning and with my name, just letting my professors, my my classmates, you know, say it in a wrong way, which it took me a while to build up the courage of like, you know, what I jokingly said at the start to just be like, you know, if you're not going to respect me enough to understand how I say my name after I've told you like 20 times, you're going to, I'm going to force you to give me more respect. You know, and, and those are not easy things. You're not, I don't think anybody is born to do any of that. Also because, you know, I, I obviously have to learn to be a lot stronger, especially because I'm a female in this field. And especially because, you know, we are just going to get walked all over the place if you let people do that to you. It was also that I really hated doing that. Like to this day, if I have to like genuinely, you know, tell someone like, or even just write it in an email last week, I had to, um, to another, the audio leaders being like, you know, if you can't, then you can just, you know, I, I prefer that you call me that. I was like shaking, sending the email, you know, the whole like TikTok video of like, okay, we did that, cool. <laughs> and then, you know, being like, oh my God, I'm going to have to see him in person. Like, I'm going to be so like, you know, ashamed or like, you know, embarrassed and like nervous about it, which is just this whole thing of your, I know how hard it can be because it was really hard for me and it still is. And I don't want any other girl to, you know, ever have to go through some of those instances that I had to, at least knowing that being terrified of those situations is okay. It's okay that you, you don't, you're not just born, you know, equipped with knowing how to deal with these situations. It, it's okay that sometimes you don't know how to react. Sometimes you're baffled by the things people can tell you, you know, the whole thing of, yo, you got it because you're a female. Oh, you know, you you got it because you're you're a diversity hire. Oh, sure, you know, it's 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 not like it's hard for you or you know all of those comments and all of those things. You have to learn how to deal with them, which is unfortunate. But you know, it's not like it's gonna change in the next two months, and then I can just tell them, oh yeah, forget about it. You know, people have, I don't know, learned to behave somehow, but you know they won't. And and you know, just just that whole thing. You you have to help other people because I know what it's like to have like zero resources in that particular matter. And I know so many females because at this point I know like everyone who's, you know, like amazing scientists back home, um, you know, who are even in their fifties, they have children, you know, they still do amazing publications and I adore them, but they still have this approach of, oh, like I will never talk about any of my failures or my challenges because that's not what you put on the internet. That's not what you tell people. And I'm trying to do that, you know, obviously it's, it's not a good thing. Like you, I'm not, you know, obviously when I introduce myself, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, so I framed my first calc exam and I wanted to drop out of college. Oh yeah, I got like a hundred rejection letters from internships before getting that GE opportunity and, you know, how it broke my heart that I had to give up in a sense of getting a job here because it just seemed impossible. How I've lost you know, so many opportunities, even after getting them because of COVID. It's not like I introduced myself with that, you know, I'm not going to be like, mm -hmm, yeah, right. so I don't English, I don't aerospace, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about why that is great, you know, but but I still try and highlight that. Um, 
I, I, I really appreciate when people appreciate that. Um, literally like a few months ago, we were having one of these events for back home. I was home and one of the other girls who's, she was saying how, and she was reading my blog and I wrote this post about how I failed my first calculus test and, you know, what I learned from that and what that was like and how everyone in my cal class was making fun of me because the reason I failed that cal class mainly was because I wouldn't, you know, understand the problems or like miswrote some like theory or something because, you know, it was not easy and, and I struggled a lot and, you know, I was like terrified because obviously it was my first college experience. We all, now I'm fine. I know that college classes, you know, C's get degrees. We all know that. And obviously <laughs> we try our best, but again, it's rocket science. You know, you, you get used to that, but at first it's not that easy. And, and I really appreciated when she brought that up to some younger girls to tell them that you're going to experience that and that's okay. Like even she did. So like if she did, then it's cool for all of us to do it, which was the first moment when I was like, oh, wait, that's how people preserve my experiences. You know, you know, they they look at me as someone who's done a lot. So if I can have those experiences, if it's OK, if I say that it's OK that I had those experiences, they're OK saying that they had them, too which I found amazing. So yeah, I really I talk a lot about these. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I always really appreciate when people are like brutally honest about their like background and they try not to one up you, but rather they're like, oh yeah, I'm really bad at this or I failed this or, you know, whatever it is. I really appreciate that because it like, you're like, oh, okay, you're human. You know, everything's not a competition. We're in this together. We're going to graduate. I, you know, me and Johnny didn't have the struggles that you did by any means, but I, I didn't think I was cut out for Arrow either. And so that was, you know, part of the reason why we started this whole podcast. So um, I definitely, that resonates with me a lot. And I think Johnny too. And, you know, people ask me like, like I, what, what I do in aerospace. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, you know, I have a job, I have a job, a real engineering job in there. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like I just do stuff and, I write some code and it works sometimes it doesn't. And then I figure it out, you know, like yeah. it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's literally that it's, I think we all have those moments of when people ask us what an aerospace engineer does. And I'm like, um, mm, you know, um, yeah, uh, I can calculate these things. Sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I totally, I think it's, important to tell people that engineering is a team sport i mean that by heart no one graduates on their own if you're not you know doing that also the honesty thing i'm very european i'm sorry but america sugarcoats everything and it gets on my nerves by the way yeah. there's already enough sugar in this country but then again <laughs> you put it on top of behavior and then people in the grocery store are like how are you how's your life and i'm like I'm just out here buying some cheese. Um, you don't care about my life. I don't care about your life. Can I just buy this cheese? You know? And, wow. and Yeah. Tell them how it is. <laughs> I mean, but isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, I, you know yeah. it is what it is. It's okay. I think it's, I think it's so funny how, you know, Andrew and both of you, you guys are like both pointing out imposter syndrome because I don't know if it's something that's just prevalent in our major, but you know, I, I remember going into my internship and I was like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. And then the other interns were from MB Riddle and they're like, you know, like world renowned aerospace, you know, students. And I'm like, oh man, what am I going up against? I'm going to be screwed. Uh, but it's just, it's just so fascinating how we're, you know, we're all kind of like, yeah, it's, it's not easy. You know, like sometimes like I, 
you, if you ask me a sibling controls question, I'm pretty sure if, if I ask Andrew sibling controls question, we're not going to be able to answer it anymore. No, I don't know how I answered it when I, you know, was taking the class, but <laughs> I so am like that class right now. So oh well, <laughs> if you ask us for help, right, and you're like, well, like, no. how do you do this? Uh, we are not the people to go over that. So, I'll keep but yeah. Mind. <laughs> Yeah. So it just, it just it just comes to show that, you know, a lot of us are, you know, we struggle. I don't I don't know many people, I probably a couple maybe, who have like strolled through aerospace engineering, have strolled through like STEM courses. Um, many of us have, have definitely fallen, taken some cuts and bruises before we got to the place we're at. So, you know. Yep. You know. So it's, a, it's very realistic, you know, especially for someone like you, you know. Maybe everyone thinks, you know, you being on TV, uh, you having a blog, everyone's going to probably think, oh, she has her life so put together. And I still think you have your life put together. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, I think it's really important to dispel that image of everything is, you know, all happy and joyful and you're jumping through tulips, right? Also, it's just it, hard. I mean, yeah, like, sure, I'm, you know, I, I am very aware of the fact that, Collins Aerospace, Lockheed Martin, NASA, all those big companies, they can't even talk to me, you know, they, they, they will never hire me. That's the only mm -hmm. sentence, but it does hurt sometimes, you know, and, and it's not about that I envy my friends or anybody else from getting these opportunities because I fully think that, you know, they got it to deserve it and they're going to do amazing, but it just feels bad knowing that you can't even have the opportunity, you know, for the simple fact that my passport is red colored and not blue, which, which, you know, is, is a little hard I, I can't say that I haven't been heartbroken about it. And in fact, I know no international student who hasn't come away from like any career fair just being like, how, how is this fair? You know, and, and, you know, it's, it's never I've been a genuine that it's never about wanting to take the opportunities from other people, which we often get told we do, which spoiler alert, as I said, we literally cannot, I cannot work off campus um, while I'm doing my degree, except for summer internships or co-ops. And I can only do that for a limited amount of time. And they have to be related to my field. I can't just, you know, go and work at Walmart or something. I have to have an on-campus job and we can work more than 20 hours if it's cold. You know, there's so many rules. And to still be taught things like I'm taking your job, I literally just laugh in the faces of these people. I'm like, I'm literally not allowed to. You know, like if you say things like that, I'd be happy to. Trust me, I'd be <laughs> happy to. But, you know, we, we can do those things. And, and it does get hard sometimes. I don't I don't know anyone who can literally just be okay with things like that because you do a lot of work. You put a lot of work into it. And then you're just like, yep cool that kid that i thought like three of our classes and and you know again not envying them or saying that it's not their accomplishment but you know knowing that you help them through those classes and they are getting the opportunity that's like literally only a dream for you is a lot of pain quite frankly because you know you, you get used to it and i'm fine with it and and but again it takes time to get used to that because it's always going to be hit in the face of yep can do that just because i was born another continent um, you know, but obviously we always have research to any international students out there to research. Research is cool and research is not even closely as limited as industry. So, you know, got to get professors to let you do research and then you can have your fun. Yeah. I think that's a good piece of advice for those folks out there that are international. 
Because I mean, the it's it's just the the way that the U.S. works is a lot of aerospace is on the defense side, and if it's not defense and you're still doing rockets, right? You can use rockets as a form of it can be weaponized, and so therefore, even in rockets, you're like, oh, the rockets just you know it's a it, it's sending a payload to Mars, and it's like exactly, and so therefore the, the U.S. is like you can't work there either. So it's like there's there's really not much wiggle room. Maybe commercial, I don't know. SD, you might be better at that. The issue with most of these is that all the companies I listed have non-restricted projects. The reason they do not bother to hire international students is because, well, let's be honest, students, undergraduate students are still undergraduate students. You know, you they are not your um, hey, speak best for yourself. form of resources as in the sense of, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, going to be able to do 99% of those things that somebody with a master's degree or like a PhD can, you know, it's just factual. I, you know, for me, the fact that now we only work with vectors is like a very new thing, right? And and all of that, obviously, like, you know, it's, it's not like we're going to be a main resource in that sense. And then as soon as any company takes on any sort of defense contract or anything that's military related, which obviously is not going to be allowed for non-American people, they just don't really bother to deal with the rest. From that point on, they usually just like, okay, we're not hiring them. And then that's it. Which, you know, it's, it's fine. It's it's not like, you know, it's, again, never be mad at the recruiter. The recruiter, poor person, has nothing to do with any of these decisions. Um, you know, it's yeah. they genuinely would love to hire a lot of us. They're, a lot of them are really nice. Not all of them. But, you know, a lot of them are really nice and, and they really want to try and help. And, you know, you can still try and talk to them because there's a lot of, um, I've had a lot of situations like that, but they would talk to me, you know, I... I don't even try at this point, obviously, if not at least to get a job, but like, you know, maybe it's like networking event and you get close to someone like that. You talk to them and they're, you know, they're really happy to give you the contact information of those um, maybe plants or whatever that they have in different countries or they'd be happy to have you like with GE, right? Like it's still part of GE and they, you know, I love my experience there and I love the whole thing, but obviously I can't do it in the US. So I just went to a place where I could, which I'm not saying is like a perfect substitute. Um, but it, they are still really happy to give you a lot of information like that. And a lot of them have uh, international internship opportunities. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you already speak like the mother tongue there, if you're already perfectly equipped to live in that country, they're even happier to choose you because obviously, you know, you, you know, yeah. the language, you know, the background, you know, the culture, um, which can help a lot. So never be afraid yeah. to even talk to them, at least for those reasons. I've had some happy happenings with that. Also, don't immediately trust recruiters if they say they can't hire internationals because of what I said. Because it's not it's not an everyday thing that they encounter most of the time. And, you know, obviously they can know everything. So if you we keep like a grand list, literally this huge community through AIAA of every international student pretty much who's an arrow, we keep like this master spreadsheet of any company that anyone has ever been hired to. And we just, you know, literally leave the comments of like, if they ever tell you, here's the name of the person who did it, you know, keep trying, keep doing it. Because there are a few companies. So, you know, and there's a lot of Pharaoh companies, you know, you just have to find the right one for you. So, yeah, there's some bend. I've heard some stories coming out of our school where some people have pulled enough strings to get, you know, put into good places. But it's rough, you know, and even like you said, on the open side of things with big companies that go through and win and lose contracts frequently you know if you're working on an open project but then they win they that project closes out or whatever and now they're working on only closed stuff like 
what does that mean for you now? You know, do you have a job? What is that? You know, they don't want to cut you. So that's also part of part of the issue there, too. So it's just a rough situation scenario all around. And, and it's an, the unfortunate truth of just, I guess, defense altogether, not just aerospace, but all defense and supporting um, industry, I guess, for dis- defense. But it's not all negative. So, you know, you just yeah. better keep trying, find the opportunities that work for you. And yeah, just don't believe that everybody has to end up in industry. Like, sure, if that's what you enjoy, that's okay. But academia is not, you know, it is what some people enjoy, you know, and, and academia can be just as fun. So, yeah, Johnny, it's, it's not, it's not a popular decision, let's be honest. Like, most people want to end up working in industry. Number one reason being money, understandable. And then the other reason being it's just that, you know, academia doesn't sound like a popular path for most people, you know, writing papers, doing research or all of that. But it can be really exciting at least to try it. And you can learn just as much as you would throughout an internship. So, Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of, you know, well, we had a professor that we also interviewed that also kind of went that route because he was in aerospace and he ended up becoming a professor and that, that became his route. But it looks like there's a lot of struggle out there as a, an international student, as a female in engineering, a female in STEM. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I guess I'm, I'm just finding out. And Andrew, I'm pretty sure you, there's a lot of stuff that was just open to you as well. Your eyes are open to new struggles. And so um, I just really appreciate you, you know, just pointing all of that out to us. And then also for those of you guys out there that are um, in either of those demographics, an international or female, I just... You know, I think she's just spitting words of wisdom right now. You all, you guys just got to eat that up. Oh, for sure. Go look at her blog. It probably has more gold in there. Yeah. Probably oh, absolutely. Yeah. What was it? Just SD. Simple. See, I remembered it. And we've been, right? you know, we've been at this podcast for almost an hour. So, you know, right there, just SD.com. So, I mean, we're going to have to wrap it up in a short bit, but is there any parting words that you want to say, SD? regarding you know any you know anything that we talked about or anything you want to add in at the end maybe plug something else as well i guess just to all of the internationals or females or any of that is that it's okay we all go through that and you know just just don't be afraid to like tell people about these struggles because see i obviously well, very surprisingly have a lot of american friends and you know they obviously didn't know about any of these struggles and and, you know, they, they were surprised, genuinely just shocked at some of the stories I would tell and, you know, how, how, how different our cultures and any of those things, you know, and, and just like you guys, they were really unaware of it. But at least by telling them, you're, you know, setting them up for for um, how they will treat that are, you know, international students or females in the future, because most often it's not that people want to be rude. It's just that they are unaware of what they're doing. And mm-hmm. that especially goes for the whole how we treat females in STEM. They're just not used to it, you know, and you, you have to be the one to advocate and, and tell people how that should be dealt with, or at least give them an idea. Um, and, you know, it's also just okay to share your struggles. It's it's not something to be ashamed of, um, you know, even though they can't do anything about it. You know, there are things none of us will be able to change, like, for example, the whole defense part and any of that. But, you know, by talking about it, at least you're, you're letting people know that you have the struggles and that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah talk about it that's a good one yeah get it out there um no yeah uh, this has been really great super eye-opening um if if you have any last things that you want to ask us 
you could feel free, but if not, that's okay too. Um, I, I think you, you have a really bright future ahead of you and, and, you know, whatever happens with wherever you go, you're going to make a huge impact. And, you know, I think it really speaks volumes and, and people should look to you for, for guidance, maybe not, you know, reach out to you directly if you're welcome to that. That's fine too, but that's definitely look to definitely look to you as like, like a form of a role model. So I think that's great. And it's been great talking to you. Thank you. All right, Johnny, anything else? No, that's it on my end. All right. And on that note, we out. Later, guys.